Benfica Podcast is one of the founding partners or founding projects of Benfica Independent. Uh, BenficaIndependent.com is a site where you can find tons and tons of content. Our podcast included Brinco do Batista, Benfica FM, along with uh, uh, audio uh, recaps uh, of games, a lot of podcasts about modalidade, if that's your thing and you want to keep up uh, with the modalidade, but you really don't have the time uh, on your schedule to watch the Modalidades on BTV. You can now catch the recaps and also Modalidades talk on Befig Independent, along with a lot of uh, uh, opinion articles, uh, all independent, everyone with their own opinion. There's no agenda between a Befig uh, Independent. The only thing is that we just want what's best uh, for the club. Uh, Befig Independent is also on Patreon with two levels of support, one at two and one at five. Uh, and I believe the five gets you some uh, free swag. So uh, if you like the content and if you like what's produced on there, uh, please do support us uh, by going to uh, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão com a explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. Até à morte. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Talk to the Dog Befica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasas. With you every uh, Tuesday. Also with you, Cristiano Oliveira. Cristiano, um, if you had a dog, would you French kiss him? I've... Um, you were speechless. Wait, wait, wait uh, a second. Let, let's clear that up because there was a long pause. And I, I, our I, I listeners could... could could, could mis, misconstrue that as something that you had to think about while I was, I was we in saw the middle, that you were turning on your mic. I was in the middle of switching headsets, uh, and at the same time, I forgot that I had it on mute. Uh, but to answer your question, uh, more than I think I've, uh, how do I, 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 I think in my heyday, I might have French kissed a few female dogs, and you know, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, not not to the extent of this video that's circulating uh, social media as far as our left back, whatever you want to call them. But, you know, I, I might have French kissed a couple of female dogs. Bitches. Uh, I, I, that's, those are your a, words, a female, not my a words. A female dog is a bitch, right? Uh I, I dropped out of school before we got to that part in the dictionary. So <laughs> those are your words. I'm sticking with female, no, I mean, when female you, when dog. You look at the dictionary, when you look at the definition of bitch, it, it, one of the definitions is a female dog. I, I, I'd rather stick to cadellas. A French kiss a few cadellas. <laughs> Dave, how's everything going up in, uh, up in Canada, in cold, frigid Canada? Uh, not too bad. We got our first uh, big snow storm, if you want to call it, of the year. So we've got the snow, uh, but uh, good to be back on here uh, tonight, even if it's uh, talking about the same old, same old Benfica. But we'll uh, we'll get through it, and we'll use this uh, next hour as a good old therapy session. Well, Dave, 
my friend, worry not, because we're going to have plenty of fire on this on today's podcast that will melt away all the snow around you. And I'm just I, I'm I'm ready to go. Wait, is this positive, uh, Cristiano? Or it's always this... positive, Cristiano. I told you, Sanumi, I've turned over a new leaf. Cristiano, that um, that that life vest looking thing that you're wearing, is it uh, <laughs> so you don't sink with the with the hey. ship? You know, I'll, I'll say this. Um, there's always a little, <laughs> a little bit of thought process behind everything I do. As you know, Alfredo, you know, we've been friends for many, many years and uh, I'm not going to confirm nor deny that I'm currently wearing a, a nice orange vest, a uh, little puffy orange vest. And I, you know, but uh, I'm not going to confirm any of your uh, crazy. Well, I just took a picture there. so you can't hide. Oh, great. 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 Look, as you guys can see, uh, not only do I French kiss cadellas, I also have cows licking my hair, as you can see. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... That's a good one. I like that. I like that. Um, anyway, here we are for another week of uh, Benfica Talk. Uh, episode number 395 is what we're up to. On tonight's episode, we will uh, look back at the League Cup uh, semifinal against Braga. Uh, also, uh, look back at the game that happened yesterday as we record this against Nacional. And we'll look ahead to uh, the quarterfinals of the Portuguese Cup against Polnitsch, which comes up this Thursday. And the big match uh, at the end of the month, even though it's being played on the 2nd of February, uh, at the Avalad against uh, league, current league leader Sporting. Uh, which uh, hold a, a six-point advantage after this weekend um, to Benfica. Let's get right into um, let's get right into the, the Braga game. But but here's the thing: um, b- before uh, before we get into this Braga game, uh, we want to I want to talk about the, the the COVID situation that has obviously um, affected the team, right? Uh, and, and certainly from from a, a, a human perspective and, and a logical perspective of it when when you when you look at it and there's this many cases this many positive cases of covid in the squad um with more players being announced that they tested positive and and, and let's 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 put get some context this is before the braga game um let me let me i'll ask you this cristiano how does the play, the rest of the squad get affected by this. Uh, do are they thinking, "Am I going to be next? Have I been exposed?" Does this somehow take away the focus from what you should be focusing in, which is the team and the match at hand? <clears throat> I think. Look, the, the 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 easier way out of this is just to say, "Look, these guys are professionals, and they should be ready at all times." And that's a that's a speech that I've given here on the podcast. I don't know numerous times over the last how many years I've been here. Uh, but at the end of the day, facts are uh, these guys are humans, and they're going they're going to be obviously thinking about the consequences. They're going to be thinking about possibly catching, you know, uh, this disease and bringing it home and infect or virus, I should say, not disease, catching this virus and bringing it home and infecting their loved ones. Um, and, and at the rate that it's been, you know, infecting every single player, it seems like it, guys is probably just looking around saying, okay, when, when is it my turn? I think, I think if you took, if you, if you had a heart to heart, with 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 the you know with the guys inside the locker room and you took a vote i think a lot of these guys are at the point where it's like look let, let me just get it let's get it out of the way because i you know at least i'll have somebody anybody's for the next couple of months and i don't have to worry about it for for until then you know um 
it's just it's it's something that is controlling the team, controlling obviously the locker room, controlling you know the league. And at the end of the day, it's controlling Portugal. The numbers in Portugal are, are at a devastating amount. I mean, it's they're just astronomically high. Portugal per capita has the most you know is is getting the most infected people per day in new cases per That's, million. It, yeah per capita whatever it's just it, it's crazy it's crazy what's going on in that country so like i said normally i come on here and i say well these guys are professionals they better be prepared because this is what they get paid for but you know at the end of the day they're, they're humans and obviously they're going to be uh conscious of the situation so um Fast forward, fast forward after that to uh, right before the the Braga game, and Benfica did did approach the the league to see if there was something that could be done with that many uh, uh, infected. Uh, the league said no. Obviously, the day before, uh, Porto had played uh, Sporting. Porto also had some cases. Uh, if you recall, Sporting had cases in the beginning of the season, and they even ended up. Uh, um, Cancel or postponing a game, if I'm not mistaken, against Nacional. Gil Vicente. First, first game of the season. Right. But they've, um, I'll ask you this. Uh, I mean, do, do you think that it's the league? Uh, did you feel that the league was going to do something about it? Or uh, do you think that the, the league was going to remain impartial so that they wouldn't be accused of benefiting Benfica? Uh, I think the league. Like my to quote my father on this uh, yesterday, the league has no balls is what uh, my dad said yesterday. And we talk about on this podcast about um, ideas for the league to be more progressive and airing what the uh, the conversations when they go to VAR and releasing schedules months in advance and not weeks in advance. And we have all these great suggestions that the league um, can do and, and make these these positive changes so that we can bring up the uh, the state of Portuguese football. But here's another example where they're I guess they've got their interest in the television money and for this League Cup tournament at least, and they don't want to postpone the uh, the final four as they they call it. But um, this is a pandemic that we're we're living through right now and. Uh, especially in Portugal, like Cristiano said, the numbers of new cases that are going on each and every day is is very sad to to see how our, our beloved Portugal is what they're going through. So thoughts and prayers for sure uh, for everybody that's uh, going through it over there. But um, I think the government doesn't want to get involved. They don't want to step on the league, and the league doesn't want to doesn't want to take a hard stand on this. So they're. It's just really unfortunate that we're still going through uh, through these matches week in and week out when there is a, a bigger serious issue on the uh, on, at the forefront right now in Portugal. Yeah, because I think the initial ap approach was Benfica approached the DGS to to have them um, maybe uh, allow them to suspend activity and competitions. The, the DGS just said. No, we're going to revert that decision to the league, and and as you mentioned, Dave, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of money involved in this in this uh, weekend, if you will, as a, a weekend of of uh, of the final four. Uh, I mean, we all see the the money that's being sent and spent on those graphics in the in the final for the the introduction ceremony. I, I don't I don't know what's going on. It, it's so funny because this is a league that. Uh, loves to uh, to to make a spectacle 
um, out of the the pregame matchups. I mean, we've seen guys in in hoverboards delivering um, the ball to the referee. Uh, this particular one, uh, uh, a radio controlled couch with a ball on it, rolled up to the referee prior to the final between Sporting and Braga. This is a league that's that's very creative in things, with the exception of uh, preserving. Um, the integrity of, of the competition and also to make the, the league more attractive, not just by uh, tele radio controlled uh, vehicles, but uh, by promoting it uh, in a way that's attractive for, for fans with the schedule, as you mentioned, so on and so forth, blah, 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 blah. Game took place. Benfica lined up with the following um, 11. Elton was in goal. João Ferreira, Todibo, Jardel and Servi. On the left, uh, Weigel and Tarabt, Rafa and Pizzi, Seferovic and Darwin. Uh, and Cristiano, looking at this, this team, and you see, well, João Ferreira hasn't really played. Todibo was, was his, his second game after the Portuguese Cup game. Jardel is around. He steps in every once in a while, but we all know that Jardel is perhaps past his, his playing days. Servi adapted, but we know what Servi brings to, to this team. Then you got uh, Weigel in the middle and Tarabt. Uh, Tarabt, who, who is, is going through an absolute, absolute horror of, uh, of a spell of, of form. Uh, but then you got Rafa Pizzi, Seferovic, and Darwin. I mean, when you look at this team, you, sh you think this should be a team that could compete with Braga. <laughs> Man, I, um, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it on paper, right? And it all comes down to how you look at things. Obviously, you look at the attacking. Uh, players and these are guys that have played together all season. These guys are accustomed to being one another. Obviously, the caliber of these guys is something that could be, you know, it's kind of like the beauties in the eye of the beholder, right? And it's the same thing with these players. Benfica, I thought that, you know, they had a huge opportunity um, to reach a final. Um, George Jesus came in and he hasn't hit uh, any of, of, of our Uh, how do I put it? Our triggers, right? To, that that we've set off, set forth throughout the season in order to, for us to to, to consider it, uh, a successful season. Losing Pauk, Super Tasa, and I get eliminated uh, from. I know it's a Tasa Serbej, but at the end of the day, still a Tasa. Something that Benfica should always play to win. You guys remember years ago when Benfica went to Bayern Munich, and I'm saying we need to play our best eleven. Yada yada yada. Benfica should always play to win. Ba ba ba. And 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 so that criteria fits here, but. At the end of the day, Benfica played with a back line, a makeshift back line. I'm pretty sure these guys haven't played much together. And I know people don't want to hear excuses. And I understand that Benfica had their chances. Braga had their chances. Uh, but I, I, I just there's just so much surrounding this team right now, so much negativity. Uh, the team is fragile. The mentality is probably weak. The coach is second-guessing and third-guessing, quadruple-guessing himself on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, but... Let's call a spade a spade. These guys need to perform. They need to put away the few chances that they have. They need to be more efficient. Um, and I understand we're not creating the amount of chances that we all hoped we'd see under George Jesus, but we are still getting chances. We are still getting opportunities. And these guys, for one reason or another, are not able to capitalize on those. And then you just look back and, and, and you know, the opposition comes into our box Two crosses, two blind crosses, really, um, that they were able to get to the end of it and, you know, got the goals. Uh, but it's it, it just right now, 
I think with all the negativity surrounding the team, it's a snowball effect. It just keeps rolling. It just keeps taking everyone along the path. And it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. And I know some of these guys, we all expected a lot more. They're not playing at that level. Is it their fault? Is it George Zeus' fault? Is it the Suns' fault? Is it the Grass's fault? I don't know. But all I know is that right now things aren't going well for Benfica, and, and it's definitely concerning. Um, yeah, and I, I Braga went up on a, on a score sheet uh, first uh, in the 28th minute, and uh, Benfica was able to uh, to get that one goal back uh, right before uh, the half. Gotcha. Alfredo, you're a referee, and I got a question. And look, I'm not sitting here crying sour apples. Please, for these for those of you listening right now, trust me, I'm not crying sour apples. I just want to know. Uh, I want to interpret the rule, right? When uh, Ricardo Huerta crosses that in, one of the players that committed to the play was offsides, clearly offsides. No, he did not make contact with the ball. It was another player that came from an onside position that made contact with the ball, headed it opposite post. Helton couldn't get to it. But my thing is, my question for you, who's a referee, and I understand Alfredo's different levels. You're not refereeing with VAR or anything like that. But the fact that that player that was offside, he committed to the ball. If I'm a goalkeeper, I don't know who's going to head to the ball. I don't know if it's going to be the guy that's offsides. I don't know if it's so. How is that not offsides? Considering that the guy committed to the play, just got beat to it by one of his teammates. Shouldn't that? And I'm not crying. So I I just want to understand the rule myself because to me, they should have taken a look at that and said, "Look, I, okay, the guy that made contact and ultimately headed the ball, he was onside. But the other guy committed. If he misses that, if he misses that ball, the guy behind them, there's a good chance he gets his head on it and he headed like." If I'm a goalkeeper, I don't know which one of them is going to header it. As a goalkeeper, I'm not, I don't know who's offside. I'm thinking they're both offside, and I have to commit to one of them. Shouldn't that have been referee different? And I'm not saying that's why Benfica. I mean, look, Benfica's been playing like crap. I'm not making excuses. I just want to understand that play. So uh, I'll tell you this much. Uh, I, I think that it's a lot easier to call that back if that player there was offside, and he was offside, is obstructing the view of Elton Late. I think it becomes easier to call that. Could you have considered that as that he interfered with the play, the fact that they both had the same timing of jump and they basically committed to that ball? Yes, it could have. But I think when you go to the VAR and you see, okay, how did this player did this player affect the vision of or the angle from uh, to uh, of Elton Lake? Well, the vision, no, but the angle maybe because if I'm a goalie, I'm reading which guys. One guy's coming in, it's two. One guy's on a direct, and the other guy's kind of like running back. It's two different angles. So that angle, I will argue, as a goalkeeper, I have to make this. I have to kind of guess based on their body and how they're coming at the ball, where they're going to header the ball because at that time it's just reactionary. Right. No, I, and to I me, completely understand. the fact that they're both there and it's not like one guy was near post, one guy was far post. No, 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 no. Guys, you got obviously you guys listening probably watch that play over and over. These two guys are simultaneously attacking the ball at the same. They're getting to the same point at the same time. Therefore, to me, that has to be called back because there is no way that the opposition has a way of knowing which one's going to come into contact with the ball. Yeah. Look, I, as I said to you, it, it becomes a lot easier call that if there's a clear interference in terms of the way Elton Late sees it. 
Uh, now, if you want to look and, and get technical, whether that first guy heads it or the second guy heads it, the angle in which the ball goes to goal is going to be very, very similar because they're kind of in the boat in the same position. So whether it's the first guy or the second guy, I think that bears bears very little on Helton Late's uh, judgment. But I do think that uh, that could have been something that could have been argued. And I think that if you argue that it, and, and if it's called the other way, I think that people are going to accept it because of how it involves. But to me, I think that it becomes a lot a lot easier to make the decision becomes a lot easier to make because no, obviously not obstruct, obstructing. Yeah, no, Alfredo, I, but that's why that's why I brought up the point because to me, this one wasn't as black and white as as you know all the other VARs that we see on offsides. To me, it was two players, and so I think I think it could have affected the goalkeeper's decision. It could have affected his angle. Could I just I, I think it's one of those plays, and I think if it would have been the other way around for Benfica, I would you know me, I would have been saying the same thing. I, I think that it definitely could 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 mess up your judgment as a goalkeeper and how you read things but nevertheless as you said it counted uh helton couldn't get to it far post benfica go down one nil um and then benfica create a couple of good opportunities that, you know but they just could not capitalize they get a four to finally benfica gets a penalty in their favor uh four to is four to it is penalty in my opinion uh the defender yeah. what do you want to call it leaned his body on 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 on, on darwin uh Right. Is that what you would call it? He leaned on. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but kind of put his body, put his body weight on him. And uh, Darwin went down and then uh, Peasy, Mr. All Reliable. <laughs> yeah. Converts. Yeah. And it, it, I, I don't think that uh, I thought it was pretty balanced half. And I thought that uh, Benfica really doesn't have much to complain about in terms of how they played in this first half. They weren't inferior to Braga. Uh, they weren't much superior to Braga, but I thought that, that Befica played well. Then we, we come out of the half. We got that one shot by PT in the 46th uh, minute in which uh, in which Mateus makes a, a, a great save. I think if Befica puts that away, it's a complete different game. Um, but then uh, we saw Carvalhal. Carvalhal made a couple moves. Um so what we've been seeing so far in the buildup is Benfica dropping to a three line in which uh, the two center backs open up and Weigel slots in. And, and that's how Benfica builds up with the two uh, uh, full backs very wide. Uh, and Carvalho was very smart. He uh, made sure that his forward was up higher on the field and that he was pressing uh, Weigel. So Weigel didn't have uh, the room and the freedom to now build up in the back as Benfica uh, uh, was doing. Um, 58 minute Braga on the crossbar. Uh, and then a minute later, uh, Braga 2-1, uh, Todibo uh, late coming out. Uh, obviously, this shows tremendous um it, it it shows tremendous deficiency in terms of how that defensive line was operating, and this could be attributed to Todibo not having minutes. With, with you got caught partners. flat-footed. You got yeah. caught flat-footed. But another cross, another cross into the box. Enough. No, he got caught flat. Exactly, he got caught flat-footed, and I forget the Braga player. I forget his name. He eventually converted. Uh, was was behind them, and credit to him, he took advantage of the opportunity rather than putting it into the stands, which is something our players would have done. And recently, especially in the way that they've been playing, he put it in the back of the net. Todibo got caught ball watching. I think JJ wasn't happy about that. Took him out of the game. Um, replaced him by Ferro, who came in and 
thankfully for 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 Helton was able to step up big time because that was one of those comical giveaways. Uh, Ricardo Huerta was able to get on the end of it, and Helton saved saved his bacon. But again, it's just you could tell these guys they go through stretches where it's as if they're falling asleep. And I think that's irritating me, man, that, that when I think about when I watch this team, when I think about this, again, I've been complaining about coaching since Rui Vitoria, Brunelage, and now it's the same exact thing with George Jesus. We seem to play an all right first half and other times, some cases dominating, other times just, you know, just enough to get by and do what we have to do. Once we come out to the second half, we see these teams, we know, superior players, superior, uh, superior, inferior players, inferior coaching, come out, make all the right adjustments, and it's as if we're against the ropes in the second half. What is going on with this team that we seem to fall asleep once we go into the half at the break? Why can't we come back out with, with the exception of the Porto game? Why can't we come back out with the same fire and intensity not that we played with much of it in the first half, but this team is week after week, game after game, no matter who the coach is, no matter what the situation is, they're just flat. I mean, cause th- could anybody explain that? Not even JJ. It's mind boggling. It's mind boggling. Yeah. Not even JJ's growls uh, from the sideline are good enough to wake up this team. Dave, uh, I mean, this is something that you've seen time and time again. What do you think? What do you think it is? You think they're maybe they're they're giving uh, something at the players at halftime that makes them a little sleepy? Should they be giving them uh, smelling salts before they come out of the half so they're nice and awake? Wait, I mean, this is a million dollar question, and if you could answer it, Dave, I think I know what it is, Dave. I, I think <laughs> I know good. what it is, and I'll let you. You know, it, it's become very fashionable, right, around around the world nowadays, especially soccer fans, soccer players, when they see. When they see Messi and, and Louis and, and uh, what's his name? Um, oh, my God. Uh, Luis Suarez with that big ass cup of mate, right? And they're everywhere they go, they, they sipping on that mate. I think that Benfica thought, oh, if it works for Messi and Luis Suarez, it's got to work for us. But instead, they're giving them like, what's that shot? Camamila. And they're putting them to sleep. I think that's what it is. They give, that, that, that's got to be it. That's got to be it. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, like I've said, if, and you've said there uh, as well, this goes back to Vitoria and Laj and now JJ uh, again, like, I don't know how many coaches we got to go through and, and still see this, uh, the same result. I, I, I don't know. Uh, call a priest, call a rabbi, call whoever you want to call to uh, try to get these players out of this trance that they're in at the, uh, that they uh, come out of uh, at halftime. But, Oh, it's just so frustrating to to watch because you know it's gonna happen. You you can call it if they have if they're playing well in the first half. You know they're gonna come out flat footed in the second half and not to get ahead too ahead of ourselves. But we see it. We just saw it yesterday as well, and it's just so frustrating to watch. So, Cristiano, overall, uh, and and we'll wrap this up, right? So, so Benfica obviously misses a chance to go into the finals of the League Cup, uh, but overall, uh, what's your feeling on this game? Do 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 you feel that this that that Braga was more superior? Do you feel that Benfica no. No, I thought, to lose this game, or, I, or do I, you think that Benfica could have won the game? I think Benfica could have won the game, but I think if anybody won this game was the coaching from Carvalhal. I think he made the right adjustments, and Benfica seemed like they were hesitant in the second half. And I think a lot of JJ's decisions and substitutions, and even the way. 
He handled the team in the second half. I I, I don't know. Afraid. I have a lot to say, but I want to go through these games first, right? I want to go over these games because then I want to add what I have to say. Um, because I think it relates to this game, to, to, to the Nacional game. I think it relates to what's going on lately, lately, okay? I emphasize lately, not the whole season, but what's going on over the last, you know, three weeks or so once Benfica started getting infected with all these cases because it seemed as if he wasn't making decisions solely based on this game, right? Let, let, let's, let's put our best players here in this situation to be successful in order to win this game. It's as if... I'm going to win this game with what I have going on now to conserve these guys in case we get to the final to play Sporting in three days. I'm not making excuses. I know a lot of you guys will, but he, a lot of his decision-making just leaving me scratching my head. It's not the same JJ that I'm accustomed to seeing. And so I found, I sat there and I found myself thinking, could this be a possibility? And I know, most of you listening right now are like, this guy's stupid. What's this well, guy who would you with? have played? It's not about playing. It's about making substitutions, timing substitutions, about, you know, the decisions, in-game decisions in the second half, right? There is no reason. I get it. You under, I understand you're upset about uh, the Todivo. You don't need to bring in Federal. Keep Todivo. You got to bring but, in your offensive but, weapons. But if right? you're watching the game, Todibo looked like he had some kind of a back problem before the Okay, end of the that's half. totally different. That's totally if you move them because of an injury, fine. But I'm talking about as far as play. I think uh, I, I don't have the t- I can't recall right now the exact time that he made the substitution. But I w- minute. Triple I'll, substitution. I'll, I would have made it a little bit earlier. Um based on the way that the team was playing. I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. And I want to get to the next game. Let's this game look, Benfica had their chances, Braga took advantage of their chances, Carlos Carvalho won the game. I'm ready to move on to the next. Yeah, let me let me just say something. And, and you're talking about the, the timing of the substitutions. Braga goes up in the 59th minute, 2-1. And JJ's first substitutions, which was the triple substitution, was happened in the 70th minute. So uh, almost 11 minutes after the Braga uh, game uh, goal. Uh, Ferro for Todibo, Everton for Rafa, Pedrinho for Seferovic. Um, and then, then in, the, in, the, in the 92nd minute, he brought in Gonzalo Ramos for Pizzi. Anyway. Um, we, we have been seeing this thing with the with the substitutions, and, and uh, you all know how we feel about these late substitutions, especially the ones in in the 90th minute. Uh, and it, it always seems that every substitution that is made has no effect uh, on the game, brings nothing to the game, and doesn't affect the game. I was, as a matter of fact, I was uh, reading, and, and I forget what I was reading, a stat on uh, JJ's substitutions and how many goals have been scored off of players that came off the bench. Only two goals have been scored from players off the bench, and that was uh, uh, Walshmit twice. Uh, other than that, no goals have been scored by anyone coming off the bench with these substitutions. But Well, I think where he's messing up, he's making a lot of like-for-like substitutions. But when you talk about that triple substitution, I think he actually tried a little something different, bringing in Padrini for Sferovic. Uh What was the other one? Uh, Everton for Rafa. Everton for Rafa, right? So he basically said, we're going to probably play a 4-4, a, a you know, a 3-5-1-1. One, one. I don't know. He tried <laughs> to switch it up, right? Because he want, cause with that sub, he, he basically he left um, Darwin up top by himself, right? Basically, he wanted, me, he wanted him to be the one guy in the middle 
you know, with his back to the goal, making the runs. It, it, so try a little something different there, but it's just, it's not enough. I, I know it's easy to sit and point at the coaching staff, but bro, what about these players stepping up? How about these guys doing what they have to do? How about you coming off the bench? You're getting an opportunity, right? I mean, all these guys, I'm pretty sure behind the scenes are unhappy because they're not getting the, 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 the amount of minutes that they wish to get. And then you come in, make the most out of your opportunity. How about you come in, give it, give it, I just, I haven't seen a guy coming off the bench who's inspired. Let's go. Vamos, bora. You know, pedal to the metal and let's go. I just, and, and, and I, I oh man, let's get through. Come on, I want to get through this. Because I have so much. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to deviate. Numbers on this game. You don't want to let Cristiano uh, sit there and. No, uh, he's, he's, Cristiano's ready for the next topic. He's inflating <laughs> his jacket and he's ready for the next topic. He's pulled the flag, okay. Uh, Braga's now beaten Benfica in their last uh, three meetings, which is the first time in the 100-year uh, uh, history of uh, Braga's club that they've beat us three uh, three times in a row. And uh, JJ's record uh, with Benfica against Braga is uh, not too good as well. Nine wins, seven losses, uh, three draws. So Braga seems... Uh, we, we had their hand... Uh, for the longest time, but uh, it seems like they've coming back uh, to start haunting us here. Yeah, three straight games losing to Braga. Does that remind you of uh, any of the streaks that we just uh, put an end to not too long ago? Uh, <laughs> so the next time we play them, we'll uh, we'll maybe or maybe we got to go four before we could do yeah. uh, before we could stop that. Um, all right, let's uh, let's turn our attention now to uh, Nacional and in, in, in the eve of Nacional again. Uh, more players uh, uh, with COVID. Uh, Everton, whose wife had been uh, infected, and he was in uh, quarantine or in isolation. Prophylactic, uh, prophylactic isolation is what they call it in, in Portugal. Uh, every time you say prophylactic, I think of condoms. Um, but uh, <laughs> but but yeah, uh, Everton, uh, Elton late, who was already subbing for for uh, Vlaco Dimus, who was uh, also. Um, also infected, a total of uh, of ten players, seven of which are, are, are starters, uh, and this is how we uh, um, went to the Nacional game. Uh, prior to the game, uh, Benfica uh, approached uh, both the, the league and Nacional uh, with the intent of um, of pushing the game, uh, of postponing uh, this game. Uh, and really, uh, the stance of, uh, from the league is that if both teams are in agreement, uh, then we'll agree to postpone the game. If there's a disagreement from the teams, we have to stand by uh, the rules of the league. Uh, and so Nacional, that maybe they're still butthurt from that 10 nothing shellacking that we gave them a couple years back, um, said, no, we're not, uh, we're not postponing this game. We're going to go play. Uh, and again, I mean... Uh, we know Nacional, uh, we know their, their, their president, and I think, uh, you know, where, where all of that came from. But regardless, um, Nacional, just, just to give a little bit of context, Nacional is uh, two or three points above the, the relegation zone. I think they've only won three games so far this season. So it's a team that's, that's struggling. Um, so they went and, and, and played Benfica, uh, and uh, JJ lined up with the following uh, 11s. Vilar was in goal, uh, Ferreira, Jardel, Ferro, and Servi across the back. Uh, midfield, Rafa, Weigel, Pizzi, Chiquinho, Seferovic, and Darwin up front. Uh, and Chris, when you look at this team, 
right? And you look, well, this defensive line is is scary. Uh, it's enough to to give you nightmares when you when you look at, uh, you know, with Svilar being as is, Jardel, Ferro, Ferreira, uh, you know. But going forward, Rafa starter. Chiquinho has been in and out of the lineup, and I guess you could consider him part of that 16 uh, players that uh, get selected. Yeah, yeah. Weigel and Pizzi in the middle, something that we've seen. Seferovic and Darwin up front. So from the defense up, this is a team that you said this team is going to compete. I love it when people – I love it. This is I, I, this is why I said I, I'm going to save this to, 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 to after these games. And I, I, I'm not going to answer that question directly. I'm going to answer it afterwards because I have a lot to say. But this team um, on paper is, a, look, very similar to the game, right, to what we saw against Braga. Makeshift back line, makeshift goalkeeper. And then from there on, it's most like, you know, um, more like the, the regulars, right? With the exception of Chiquinho, the other guys, Vigo, PZ, uh, Rafa, Seth, and, and, and Darwin are regulars. Um, and, and Benfica, look, they started the game well. They came out on fire. Um, they, they scored two goals within, what, eight minutes, whatever it was. Obviously, one being called back by a Pintelio from João Ferreira. And I got to give the kid credit. Um, got the ball cut back inside, and rather than just crossing it blindly, which which is something we've grown accustomed to seeing on this Benfica team, he actually picked out a teammate. And uh, PZ missed it, but Shikinu was able to put it in the back of the net. Then after VAR, um, it got called back. A few minutes later, PZ blindly crossed it to second post. Shikinu, the aforementioned guy, showed up, header it, gave Benfica the lead. I thought Benfica started off tremendous. I thought Benfica had a very good first half. And not even to talk about the, the chances that we missed, not even to talk about the makeshift lineup, not even to talk about half of these overrated bums on this team, which is something I'll get into in a little while. Um, you keep building up the suspense. I don't know. What happened once again? What happened once again? We went into the half. We drank that tea. No, it wasn't even to the half. I think we played the first 15 minutes. Yeah, but then after that, the- it was, then after that, it was even. It was okay. You uh, get it, it, I get it. It, it was, it was, it was uh, even. Meaning in terms like we might have done much, but it wasn't like oh my god, we're in danger here of getting of dropping points. We were, we were subpar. Not anything we wanted to, but again, guys, Benfica has got a. And I know you, Alfredo. This is I. I want you. I don't want you to ask questions. I want you to interject here, and I want you to give your opinion. You're a guy that doesn't think that COVID is an excuse. You're a guy that doesn't think the coach is doing enough. And I agree with you. The coach is not doing enough. But I don't care who you are to tell me that 10 or 11 players being out with COVID is an ex- is not an excuse. I-, I think that's ridiculous. I think Benfica's playing with third and fourth liners. You talk about the attacking five or six, right? At the end of the day, we watch Benfica play week in, week out, Alfredo, right? You're a smart guy. You're, you're a soccer guy, you know. These guys in the front still got to get the ball out of the back from the likes of Ferro, from the likes of Jardel with, with cement feet. From it, it just these guys got to get the ball in in in, in space and with time with players around. They need to get positive yard, and you don't see that. I mean, it's Benfica has basically lost their whole back line, their goalkeeper, their starting wingers. It's just, it, and then it trickles down. You go from your starters being out. So the guys were coming off the bench. Now you still got quality options. Now they're your starters. And then the guys that are sitting in the dressing room or in the stands watching the games. Now they're the guys you're coming. It just, it's a trickle down effect. And I understand I've had people call me and tell me, look, Chris, even with this lineup, it should have been good enough to beat the likes of an Asino. I said, maybe for you, 
maybe for you, but for me, as you know, I've been critical about this, and I'm not I'm not making this up now. And I know some of you guys, that's why I got my vest on, because I don't care what you guys do. What, no way I will sink. But at the end of the day, you know how I feel, Alfredo. Svilar, subpar. It's not a Benfica goalkeeper. Not now. Maybe someday. Today, no. João Freire, love the kid. I think he's actually got a future. He's not ready to play. Jardel, love him. The nicest guy in the locker room. Got to go. Ferro has been trash for two years. Servi, I don't think he's Benfica caliber. Then again, he's playing left back, and he's playing well. Credit to him. He's playing well. The best Chiquinho, player in the field. He's playing well. Chiquinho is another guy who I think is a nice player. But again, you people need to understand there's a difference between being nice players and being Benfica players. I don't think Chiquinho has the enough quality to be a Benfica regular. You think he's part of the 16. That's fine. Rafa, dude, when he's on, he's on. When he's off, he's off. Vigo, Pizzi, fine. Sverovic, a Tosco that <laughs> when you wanted to score, doesn't score Darwin. Have we seen anything out of Darwin since he's arrived? No. So you're looking at it on paper. Oh, Benfica should win this game. Names, names. What about actual performances? Let's rate what they've done all year. And again, the coaches at fault. And please, Alfredo, you listen here. I'm speaking. I'm not speaking to any listener. I'm speaking to you. Please listen to me. I am not excusing the coach. I'm not by any stretch of the imagination excusing the coach. It's a trickle-down effect. It goes from the coach to the player. So everyone involved is at fault. There is not one particular here that has to take the full blame. I think at the end of the day, I've mentioned this over and over and over and over and over. You have players on this team who are one-on-one with the goalkeeper in front of the goal, and they shank it. You want to blame the coach for that? By all means, go ahead. I choose not to. The players at some point have to perform. Guys come off the bench. They're by themselves in the middle of the field, and they're passing the ball out of bounds with no one around them. That's not the coach's fault. These players need to take accountability. They need to look at themselves in the mirror and say, but you know, what I'm doing is not enough for Benfica. It's no well Benfica. These players need to take accountability. But I think it just it, it's it's all of these things combined. You can't just look at it and single-handedly blame one person or or one aspect of the game. Or it's it's a snowball effect. The fact of the matter, this team once again fell asleep, as I mentioned before. Came out in the second half, boom, Golo. The young kid, João Ferreira, ball watching. That play, I forget what it is, the guy that scored uh, Roches, whatever. Should have never been allowed to cut in front of him on that play, right? Inexperienced. It just, if the team is healthy... Even as Tosco, as you guys like to call, right? Gilberto, that most likely doesn't happen, right? Maybe now it's 1-0. Benfica is able to come away with the ones that ugly or not. But you'd be, take, you'd be looking at this game and saying, you know, with, with, with 10 or 11 guys, you know, being out, whatever. Hey, man, look, we came away with it. Let's just wait to get all our guys back. You'd be looking at the game in a totally different mentality. And maybe it's the positive me this year, Dave. Because in years past, I'd be going crazy. Chris, but I just—it's—it's it's a weird year, brother. It's a weird year. Coincidentally, the two guys that you said are not Benfica caliber and and Servi and Chiquinho were the best Benfica players on the field. Where was Chiquinho game. after after the first 20 minutes? You see him again? I didn't see him again. No, but it, my okay, thing. So for 20 minutes, you're the best player on the field. But my my thing is that you can't all excuse this on COVID, right? Because falling asleep. After 15 minutes and me heading in, watching this game to the half and thinking this second half is not going to go well because I saw what the team was doing. 
can't be blamed on COVID unless they're so worried but about it, COVID that they're not getting any sleep, so they fall asleep on the field. But I just spoke to you directly. I asked you nice and nice tone. But, but I'm telling you, I don't am, think am I COVID is an COVID? excuse. You don't think COVID is an excuse? But you think COVID is a big part of the excuse. We've said I, here I, that I, this I, goes beyond COVID, and there's three parties involved. I think COVID, I think COVID absolutely has a, has a say in this. Yes. When Benfica is not fielding, they're starting 11, their best 11 players. It has to take. It's got to play something in it. But, but Cristiano, even you know with third stringers, you should be able to beat a fucked up Nacional that has I done just, bullshit all, you all are, season. You obviously didn't listen to me. To you, in your head. But at the end of the day, it's Ferro today. The way he's played over the last two years. It doesn't is he matter. Any, is he, he should any be better able to compete against Nacional. But they did compete. and they tied All these work. guys they should competed. be able to compete against Nacional. But they did. They competed. They Maybe did not got... compete. Yeah, they did. They tied 1-1. They competed. They came out level. <laughs> they competed for 15 minutes. <laughs> they, at the end of the day, maybe these guys aren't as good as you guys think they are. Maybe they're just as good as the guys on Nacional. But they but, wear a Benfica shirt and everybody's overrated. It's these, unacceptable. It, it's unacceptable for Benfica to do it. Yes. Is it unacceptable with this lineup? I don't know. That's it's unacceptable. That's fine. It's unacceptable. That's fine. Look, I look it's at this. It's unacceptable that you send your best scorer from last season, you send him on loan, who's barely getting That's any time. That's got nothing to do with this Seferovic game and COVID. And no, it doesn't. It doesn't. But when we talk about the, the guilty party. You parties, just talked about this game directly I, I about COVID. Now but, you're switching off the but, horse. But there's an overarching there's an overarching problem that's affecting Bifika this season, right? And there's three guilty parties, the team, the coach, and the directive. And these we've already brought up. This and as you mentioned, when you talk about a snowball effect, this is a snowball effect of poor decisions. Yes, that, but I'm that talking have been made since the beginning of the season. I was talking specifically about the game, though. If you want to get off, yeah, there's and again, but the game said, is a microcosm around it. Yes, the game is a microcosm of what's happened this season. The fact that you play for 15 minutes and then you turn off. Not only the season, but last season we used to do this shit too. I agree with you that it's inexcusable the way Benfica have played this year. With the exception of what the first three, four games where we looked solid, we're winning comfortably. Then after that, the wheels fell off once again. I look, Alfredo, I'm on board, and you know me very well. You, you know I'm not happy with this, right? I was just talking about specifically with these last couple of games when Mefica's got ten guys with COVID, ten first liners. We're not talking about backups. We're talking about starters. You're telling me that doesn't affect the team, doesn't affect the play, doesn't affect the results. I, that's where we disagree. Because I think with Otamendi, Vertonghen, Grimald, maybe the results are different. You know, maybe on that yeah, cross, maybe, the, maybe the, maybe, yeah, that's maybe, what I'm saying. That's maybe what, the result is the same result against the, maybe it is. that you got against Boa Vista, who's, who's only beaten two teams in the league. Okay. Hey, listen, Alfredo. Uh, I, I'm just saying. The, I, I th- uh, look, you I, can I say all you want. You're saying. At, at the end I, of the day. I understand what you're saying. At the end of the day, um, that I understand game, what you're saying. I just think that we ha- we should have enough to beat Nacional. Look, I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one. In my book, in my book, go back to Santa Clara, followed by Tondela, followed by Porto, and now by Nacional. That's four straight league games, right? <clears throat> Tondela, I mean, Santa Clara, we draw 1-1 on the road. And, and 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 those of you listening know I'm not a homer. I love Benfica, but I call a spade a spade, whether you like it or not. Sometimes people get offended. Sometimes people don't because we share different opinions. But I'm always going to give you my opinion and not with red glasses on, with Christian Oliveira glasses on. This is the way I see the game. In Santa Clara, 
Rafa Cross clearly hits the defender with his outstretched arm. Penalty. Let's say they get the call. Benfica gets away with a 2-1 win. Ugly. Yada, yada, yada. Go to next week. Benfica is able to beat Tondela, but there was another clear penalty on a Walshmit shot. Doesn't get called in a box. Go to next week. Football Club Porto. There's a, there's a play in a box that I don't know. I'm not even calling for a penalty, but I don't know. One play looks like on a, on a corner kick. It looks like it hits Marega. That hit his arm. That hit his chest. The amazing thing is that Sportive had a technical failure, right? Technical difficulty, and they couldn't give you another another replay to watch that game. Let's just say it was a penalty. Benfica comes away with a 2-1 win in Dragão. Totally different. Fast forward again to this Nacional game. Another clear penalty in the box. That doesn't get called. Now you're asking me, Chris, you sound like crybaby. Fine. I do sound like a crybaby. But that's not what I'm mentioning. I'm mentioning the fact that the difference between us and our rivals today, n- nobody's playing well. Difference is our rival up north got 10 penalties. Our rival across town got six or seven, whatever it is, and we got zero. At the end of the day, if those calls go our way, we're sitting here just like the calls go their way. We're, it's totally di- And you're kind of like, wow, you know, again, it goes back to that mentality as I mentioned, right? Man, man, we got bailed out, but, yo, it's ugly. This is going to get better. And I told I'm going to be a positive, positive, you know, Nancy this year. It, it, things are going to get better. Things are going to get better. And you talking about, you know, Different results, Benfica being different, you know, obviously second place in, in the tabella or probably first, depending on the result of Porto, right? If you want to give that penalty or not, depends on how, if it was or wasn't. But it's just, I know right now it's about piling on from the beginning of this season with the whole election around this team. It's been nothing but negativity, nothing but I get it. Look, I we all know I've been complaining about our president since 2012. I didn't start now. I've been complaining about since 2012, right? But guess what? He won the election. Move on. This whole negativity around the club, around everyone, around everybody that's coming into the club and leaving the club and making the Bro, this shit trickles down to the players, unfortunately. I don't know why it trick. I don't know. But it just seems like there is a dark cloud around this team. And you can blame whatever you want to blame, but I don't think that there is one particular person or one particular thing that's to blame. I think this is just a dark-ass cloud that's not leaving this club. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know. But I think you have to take everything into account rather than just sit there and be, you know, clubismo, just be a fanatic. I could sit there, come on here and be a fanatic, or I could sit here and try to explain things to the best of my knowledge to how I see things. As a fan, coach got to go. This is not what we brought him in for. You know what? 100%. Me coming on a podcast, I have to give you a different view. I can't come here screaming and hollering, right? Because to me, Alfredo, to me, okay, COVID has affected not just Benfica, not just the Liga Portuguesa, not just Portugal. It's affected the world. We see it around the world. Every club has been affected to some extent. We see Barcelona losing to, to, to shit teams. Real Madrid. We just see teams dropping results to teams they're not supposed to drop. And you could blame whatever you want to blame, but I think that there's a little bit to this. And I'm not giving JJ a pass. Right. JJ is the guy that was a self-proclaimed king in Brazil that he dealt with. I don't know how many how many cases and this is not new to him. Well, now, you know what, uh, JJ, it's time you put your money where, where, where your mouth is at. You well, need to come up and figure it out. This is new to him. No, but there's, he's there's also two videos. There's two videos of him 
one uh-huh. of saying of the press conference, oh, this is, I'm not used to this. And then there's another video when he got to Bifiga and he was asked the question, oh, I had eight, nine cases at, at uh, Flamingo. But that's and the we, video we, I'm referring we, to. We dealt with it. That's right, but, the, no, but there's that's another the video. video. Okay. Okay. But here's the thing. When you don't play well enough to the point that you that, and I agree with you that these non-calls should have been calls. But when you don't play well enough that you grasping at straws or you grasping at these calls to be your saving grace, there's something wrong. You have agree. to play better. I you agree. Have to play better. I agree. But even the best teams in the world, they go through a little stretch where they're going, where they're off. And maybe this is our stretch. And with those calls, things are differently. I'm oh, just you're, saying. You're not talking about Mickey Mouse leagues. What, the Portuguese Mickey? league is a Mickey Mouse league. I just uh, listen. Okay. I mean, you're not talking about losing to to Boa Vista. You're not talking about tying Look, the, Nacional. The, the, the one, the one game that I really have no excuse for is that Boa Vista. So as you can see, and you guys listening, every time I'm afraid to mention Boa Vista, I just like get quiet. There's nothing. I, can, I mean, that game, that game fell from the sky. I don't think anyone. I don't even think the players. I don't know that shit. That that was shocker to me and. And I'm hoping to, to, I mean, I'm not going to That's when we were on our high. That was when we were yeah. informing, clicking on all cylinders. And then from there, it just yeah. seems it like. It was right after the election. But we got caught with our pants down. It got caught with our pants down. Ever since then, it's just been lashing after lashing. Bare naked, no cool. But it's just, I don't know, man. I, look, these players need to step up. The fact of the matter is, you want to blame J.J.? JJ's at fault. You want to blame Rui Costa because he's the technical director. Or Tiak Pinto, right? He's gone. So you can blame him. Let's blame him. He's no longer at Benfica. So let's let's blame him. But at the end of the day, the fact is Darwin Nunez came in for a world record. I mean, world, Jesus Christ. Portuguese record. And I know Alfredo, I'm, I, I have to mention this. Right, I'm not. I'm, I don't mind you I mentioning. I just okay. mind you mentioning it every single time the guy touches the ball. Yes. You got to go on a group chat. Oh, Darwin okay. sucks. Darwin. I Darwin. The ball again. Fucking Darwin sucks. Oh, you're 18, 20 million dollar ball. He sucks. Okay. Every time the guy touches the ball, I don't have a problem. I already know how you feel about him, but you don't need to rub it in my face every single time. I don't rub it in your face. I'm just shocked <laughs> that nobody else saw what I saw. <laughs> now, that being said, Darwin's come in for Portuguese record fee. He's been a disappointment. Everything's come in for 20 mil. He's been a disappointment. Uh, you want to call Gilberto a disappointment for 1.5 mil? That's fine. Luca, 15 mil, was good at the beginning. It's been a disappointment recently. The fact is that out of our big-time acquisitions that was supposed to make a difference on this team, none of them have been good. And I get it. It's, it's the coach's job to get these guys to play in at their best. But these guys have to – they got to give you something. They have to do something. And they haven't. No one is playing well. The guys who are carrying this team is PZ, Rafa, and Sferovic when we're scoring goals. That's it. Those are the only guys. And then you get a you get a rare goal here and there, you know, it, yada, yada, yada. And I know Darwin's come in and he's got a shitload of assists, but that's that's not what we brought him in. I mean, he, I, I don't think anyone, when we went to get him out of second division Almeria, said, oh, here's the next Ricosta Maestro. No, no, I don't think any, that's not what he's here for. And I know the guy's got a lot of raw talent, but, and you hate me saying and mentioning his name over, but. That's what he's the guy that was brought in to do. He's the guy that was brought in to get the ball in the back of the net. He was supposed to be a difference maker. And for a while now, he's not been a difference maker. And so neither is Everton. And Padrinho was actually one of the acquisitions that we got in the offseason that's come in. And he, he's done all right. You know what I mean? He shows flashes. I think this is a guy that I like to see a lot more of. 
But it's just, man, nobody is playing well. I mean, could, could guys, please, and I'm, I'm not arguing. Please don't think I'm arguing with you guys trying to make anyone look stupid. I'm asking, right? Out of even include the guys that are out with COVID, right? Name me a player on this team that's playing better than what they played last year or better, like playing above their weight. Name me Fargo. a guy. Fargo. Okay, that's fair. I forget, I'm so stupid. I forgot about that guy. Yeah, he's actually turned it around. Exactly. Great point. Thank you. See, that's why that's why you're my partner. Go ahead. Name me another guy. That only came recently, too. After a month, if you would have asked us a month a month ago, that he was on the uh, transfer block too, and we were yeah. looking at guys to bring in for that that role too, right? So that's only recently. I think would you know we all shared the same sentiment that you shared, Christiano, which we're all dumbfounded with what's happened at Benfica, um, and I, I I just can't find excuses anymore. Either it's something that we don't see that's going up. In, in the background or something that we're not privy to, a problem in the locker room, a problem with JJ and the team. But look, I don't but Alfredo, know. but you you I'm look, I'm I'm a JJ lover. I have no problem saying that the guy hasn't done what we all expected, but you're saying a problem with JJ in the locker room. But I I don't know. I'm just I know no, I know you're asking. Up. No, I get it, I get it. But I counter that by saying uh, it's been like this since since JJ left the first time with Rivitorio with Lodge. This has been going on and on and on. It didn't start today or or this season, I should say. This is something we've been dealing with for a couple of seasons now. It's it's like, man, I I, I want to kick JJ in the back of the head, but at the same time, it's like, guys, do, do, honestly, right? I'm I'm asking because I'm I'm really I, I really don't know how to think about this, right? Do you really think that you change JJ brings it's going to change? I don't think that's a solution. I don't. Well, I don't think he's leaving. I don't think he's leaving. That's I mean, if anything at the NFC, but he's not leaving now. They're not firing him. But I'm just saying, let's just say they could get rid of forget all that money. Let's just say they make the change today. You think it's going to make a difference if they bring in another coach? You think that this team is going to go from being this lackadaisical team under Vittoria in the latter part, right? Then Lodge. And now, Lodge, they came out of the storm, came out of the gate, I mean, all, on all cylinders, right? Firing on all cylinders. And then they, they, they decided to shit in his hat and in his shoes and send him out the door, right? And now with this team, you felt with all these new acquisitions, with the attitude, and, and, and they've been off for most of the season. Then you see that phenomenal performance as far as fight, right? I'm not talking about the game itself. <laughs> Benfica weren't great by any stretch of the imagination, imagination but the attitude, right? Against football with the Porto, why can't we see that team all the time? Why is this team turning it on and off? Do you think that switching the coach it would make a difference? No. But the the one thing that we felt uh, was that with JJ's personality, you would not let the crazies run the asylum, right? Because our, our thinking was that the team conspired against Lodge, right? That's not been proven, but there's a lot of people that fall on the same belief of that. And we felt that, okay, well, uh, the the PT, Almeida, the Rafa, the Chiquinho group, those freaking guys, I don't fazer farinha com JJ because JJ is going to be in complete control of this locker room and he's going to put some, he's going to light a fire under these guys' asses and they're going to be ready, be ready to go. But Cristiano, you agree? Unrecognizable JJ. There's no, I mean, there's no fire. 
Yeah, because I mean, you can look at it two different ways. One, because he knows he has, he doesn't have the, the green light to do what he wants to do because these are the guys banging in swads to padrinhos. That's one, and he's just giving up the fight. Do you think so? No, 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 no. I'm not thinking so. I'm just giving. I'm giving you uh, options. Doesn't two, fit JJ's personality. Two, it could be maybe he is whipping, whipping. You know, last whatever. What's it called? Whipping the whip on him, right? And 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 hence why I said, is any are are any of these players really punching above their weight? No. Maybe it's that. We don't know. Maybe it's the fact that he might want to change things up, but with with so many COVID cases, right? He's got limited options. He's got to eat it, right? It's not a regular year. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I really like his personality. The guy that we've grown accustomed to, and I sit here like, what the hell's happened to this guy? It, the safe bet is, look, it's just say uh, he's not what we all expected. He's not been who we knew. He's not who we thought he was. You know, it's just, I don't know, man. It's it's a difficult situation. And my thing is, we've all seen this team struggle all season long. We know that Benfica needs a six or an eight, like like the three of us need need air to breathe, right? And we're a couple of days away, not a couple, a few days away from the closing of the winter transfer window, and and, and nobody's come in. I mean, does Alfredo? What what what's been my line on this podcast over the years? You know, how the hell can I see such a glaring hole, such? You know, yeah. uh, from, from my this, couch, from, exactly. from my couch, right? And, and these guys can't see it standing right then and there. Why haven't they seen that we need an eight or a six? If you think Vigo is your answer now to a six, we need an eight. If you think Vi- if you think Vigo is good enough to play the eight, we go get a six. What are they waiting for? Drop, I love Drop. You guys know how I feel about Drop, but he's been absolute garbage over the last, I don't even know, four months, whatever you want to call it. Ever since right? he got COVID. Ever since, that was it. The dude left his soul with COVID, right? <laughs> and maybe that, that's an, uh, an effect. Even these guys that are coming back, like Darwin and Seferovic and Pizzi, too, they, they've gone through the virus, too. And I'm sure I don't, I, I, we don't have their medical records, but maybe they're not all clicking at 100% either. Maybe there's some uh, long-lasting side I don't know. effects there. I don't know where I read. I read or somebody messed. I don't know. I, I saw this. that, And this wasn't like... You know, obviously supposed to be, I don't know, whatever. I, I, I saw this somewhere. I forget where my message that Sferovic, I guess, admitted to someone or something like that, that he's getting tired quicker and he's having a rougher he time four, recuperating. Four kilograms or eight pounds. Something. Yeah, he's having a difficult time with this. He's been having a difficult time. So I don't know. So uh, that further fuels my point that, that, you know, that if you tell me COVID has nothing to do with it, I mean, look, there's more evidence that it does, that even these players that are back, right, that you see on the field against the Nacionals, right, it, these guys aren't the same. They're not able to perform to the same level we expected them to perform. And I get it. The other teams have had COVID. I don't know how many of these guys on the Nacionals, but I just think I, I think it's crazy to just say it has nothing to do with it, that it's an excuse, a made-up excuse from, you know, the team. Not No, I mean, I mean, look. I think it's affecting everyone around the world, not just Benfica. Um, some teams have more cases. Other teams have less. But obviously, the teams with the more cases uh, get affected a lot more. Uh, training regimens, just everything. Everything gets, gets, gets you know, squashed. And the, tra- and the, the coaching staff has to adapt. JJ, uh, he's the, 
him and what another assistant, the only ones that haven't been infected so far. I mean, to tell me that this has nothing to do with it. I mean, come on, bro. I mean, guys really are blind. I, I think with all the expectations we have on this club, as I told Hugo, because Hugo is living and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and I said to him, look, do me a favor, trade in your Benfica shirt. At the end of the day, um, I never thought Benfica was going to go undefeated all year. Um, obviously, they're not playing anywhere uh, near the level that I expected them to play. But to me, a successful season coming into the year was making the Champions League. Okay, fine, we fell. That Super Tasa, I really the only reason why I cared about it is because we're playing Porto. Besides that, I, I really don't. I didn't don't care less. I could care less for that for, for that cup. And then I expect Benfica. I'm hoping at least right. I expected Benfica to to win one of the cups in the Campeonato. And yes, we're out of the Taça de Cerveja, but we're still alive in the Taça de Portugal, something we barely won over 30 years, I believe four of them. And we're still alive technically as we sit right now, sitting six points behind first place Sporting, who we play next league game. Um, and I know Benfica will be getting a lot of players back by them, but just as Dave said, a lot of these guys, depending on their level, depending on how they feel, they might not be able to play. We'll see what happens, but I'm hoping that Benfica shows up with the same garra that we showed up at the Dragão. And we pull that off and we come away with a victory and boom, we're right back in there with three points. And, you know, long season ago, uh, Porto has to come to the loose. Sporting has to come to the loose. Many, many games. Hopefully these guys will be back in full force. And again, if Benfica is able to come away with the Tasa and come away with the Campeonato, I think it'll be very successful. I think there's people right now that are so quick to announce and to anoint JJ as a failure. Uh, I think they're just, look, that's people that can't stand the guy. It's kind of like the whole Darwin Nunez thing with me and you, Alfredo, right? They look for any little excuse. I think that's what it, Benfica, look, and again, I think they have to win the game against Sporting. Uh, if they lose that game, obviously my tune will change. But Benfica's still alive, man. All things considering, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what I, I'm still hoping. Uh, positive Cristiano, right, Dave? I'm still hoping I'm at the Marques Pumbao. Yeah, so I, I just um, got a lot of things to to talk about here, but uh, you know I keep getting my my train of thought keeps keeps getting derailed because Cristiano's just keep keeps going and and, and talking. Um, no, another PK that was missed for 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 Benfica, and, and the reason why I I mentioned this is because uh, no PKs have been called for Benfica all season long in the league. Uh, we got one in the in the in the league cup, right? Right, we got one in the league cup. Uh, but other than that, no PKs. And that, that, that I just want to leave that uh, leave that there. Um, let's see what else uh, I got here. Yeah, um, Dave, let's let's get the, some numbers on this game and and we can move on. I I got a couple of questions that I wanted to throw out to you guys. Yeah, for sure. So uh, just to touch up on some things, might have already mentioned it, but we'll go through it here. Uh, four of the 11 players that started were making their uh, debuts in the starting 11 f- uh, for the league competition this year for Benfica's Villar, João Ferreira, Servi, Chiquinho. Uh, four of the last four, four of the last five goals Benfica have conceded have all come from uh, headers. Uh, like Chris mentioned earlier, three of the last four games Benfica's played, uh, they've gotten draws. So Santa Clara, Porto, and now Nacional. And uh, Benfica have already lost 12 points uh, through the first 15 games of uh, league competition this season. Uh, last season at this point, they had only dropped three points here. 
And it's the uh, first time in 13 meetings that Benfica has failed to beat Nacional. So first time since February 2013. Yeah. As Cristiano uh, mentioned, the uh, end of the transfer window is 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 right around the corner. Um, and, and we're only bringing Verissimo in from, from what we know so far. And he's not joining a team until uh, after the 30th, which is when... Uh, uh, they play the, the Libertadores final, so on and so forth. So, Cristiano, maybe the, the question is, the problem is a lot bigger than just throwing money at the steam or bringing in, splurging money to bring players to, to change something around. Alfredo, this has been the ongoing story with with, with our squad, with Benfica, for, for God knows how many years now. Rather than throwing money, they have to make specific buys. They have to make buys for positions that are needed for strength and not go out. Look, I, I understand Benfica um, does not have much confidence in any of their other three center backs aside from Otamendi and, 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 and uh, what's his name? Bertangen, right? Ferro, Todibo, and, and Jardel to some extent. I understand there's questions, but that's not their biggest need. They need to, to, to shore up the center of the park. We've been talking about that. I talked about it that earlier. They need to get themselves a six or an eight. They need to do something to clog up that hole because right now, no matter how many of these brilliantly attacking players we have going forward, we're a huge hole in the middle of the park. Huge. And they need to take care of that. I don't know what they're waiting for. Uh, bringing in Verissimo, who I like. Okay, I like Verissimo. I think he's going to be a, a good player for our squad. I, I see a switching to a 3-5-2, which is my favorite position, uh, my favorite formation, I should say. But in the middle of a season, I, I know we played it lately. When we attack, at least, as you mentioned before, Vigo drops back in between the two center backs, and we implement the three-five-two system. But with with the limited amount of training on the field, with this whole COVID stuff and playing a game every three days, it, it's going to be difficult to implement that system and expect, you know, you know everything to go perfect or to go as expected. So I, I just think that they need to solidify other positions on the field, man, and and they need to buy, as you say often, Alfredo, surgical buys. They need to strengthen. They need whomever to sit there, visualize this team, all right, see what they're doing, see what goes right, what goes wrong, and just come up with – Whoever that brilliant mind is, uh, what an idea to, 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 to shore things up in the middle because I think even a blind person could see uh, that Benfica has difficulty in the middle of the park. But, Cristiano, as a, as, as a coach, right, and I think that this applies to any coach um, at any level, age level, professionalism level, you not only have your, your, your plan A, but you also have to have a plan B and a plan C and plan B and plan C get worked out through during the season. Plan A will get most of the reps, but plan B is always being worked on in a limited time period. So to me, and maybe JJ's plan B or plan C is not the three, uh, the three center back uh, uh, pairing, or I should say set up. Uh, but certainly he's got to have some kind of a plan B in place in the event that something happens and he has to make some radical changes. 
Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, that's smart coaching, right? Coaching one-on-one, always be prepared uh, for whatever situation goes gets thrown at you. But as I said before, uh, how often can he implement or practice, I should say, the second option, the third option, right? Plan B, plan, plan C. With the limited practice, with having players out on national, league, national team duty, having players out with, with COVID, all these limitations – I just look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's had a difficult time implementing those changes, Alfredo. You have to get these guys on the playing field for an extended amount of time, right? That's why they have preseason, right? And they implement, they come up with these wacko lineups and, and formations, right? Because they're 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 trying out every scenario with teams. And just if he could just not have that opportunity, if he can every other club in Portugal, to be honest with you. You know, they haven't had that that opportunity. Sporting to an extent, right? They brought in a bunch of new players, young coach doing it. They play one game a week, right? They don't have to play a game every three days like Benfica does. Porto does as well, right? But Porto, for the most part, with the exception of Taremi, right? That whole team's been together for, what, three, four years? They all know each other, right? They bring in new guy, Nanu, yada, yada, yada. But for the most part, the spine of that team, right, has been together for a while now. Um, They know what to expect. And so... Man, I don't know. It seems like I'm reaching for straws here and I'm making up excuses, but I just think that there's all these things have a role. Next up, Portuguese Cup quarterfinals against BSAD. That comes up this Thursday, 9-15 local. Um, I believe they're playing at Estadio uh, Luz. Dave, what is Pulnes or BSAD or Code City or Comporta FC? What are they up to these days? The team with many names. Uh, they're uh, currently in 11th in the uh, the league with 15 points from three wins, six draws, six losses, uh, managed by uh, Petit there. We've also already played um, uh, this season where we won uh, 2-0, uh, and that was uh, during our, our good spell, and it was uh, still the beginning of the season, so our fifth game of the season, we beat them uh, 2-0 here. Yeah, and, uh, and Christina, if you're Petit, you got to be feeling well about the, or you got to be feeling good about the chances. I mean, nobody's really afraid to play Benfica this year. Um, and uh, I think he probably feels and he probably mo- is motivating his players uh, to the point that this is a Benfica team that's very beatable because they're in disarray. There's blood in the water. There's blood in the water and you better attack. I mean, not only have they not played well all season, but with all the, the Vaishas, right, with all the players being out, you know, due to COVID and different situations. If there's ever a time that you're going to catch Benfica um, napping, this is it. This is it. And I think Petit is a type of fiery guy that we've accustomed to seeing on the field. We've seen in his coaching um, across the league is he's going to have his guys fired up. Now, question is, will Benfica show up? I'm not really concerned about B-side. I'm not concerned about Petit. I'm concerned about what Benfica is going to show up. Um, And I think these guys should be embarrassed uh, from their performances recently or all season long. I think JJ should be embarrassed. I think every single one of these guys in the locker room should look at themselves in the mirror right before they come out into the pitch for warmups. And they should just say, what, what do I have to do today to be better? To just improve based on what my last performance and come out there um, and, and try to wipe away that, that, that last memory that we have of these guys. I think they need to take some pride in this, man. I agree. Um, after uh, B-Sad, we will play Sporting on Tuesday, the 2nd of uh, February. Uh, isn't it Monday? 
Alfredo. It's Monday. It's Monday. Sorry. Monday. 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 February the first. February the first on on Monday. Um, 9.30 local at the Alvalad. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if I need uh, Dave to go into the stats of what uh, what Sporting has uh, been up to. But uh, you got some historicals here, Dave. Yeah, uh, 135 wins, 65 draws, 109 losses historically for us. And in more recent uh, history, uh, we've been on the wrong side with Porto, but we're on the good side with uh, Sporting here, winning our last five of six uh, against Sporting. So hopefully we uh, continue that trend. Um, Cristiano, if Benfica loses this game, is it, is it game over for you? Yeah, um, yeah it'll be very damn near game over. You got, then you will have nine point, a nine-point lead. Um, and we've and seen seven, se- seven and eight point leads uh, evaporate in the past couple of years, uh, but certainly nine points. And considering the consistency that's uh, that Sporting has shown this year, which we thought they would only last till Christmas, but is is now in overtime. Um, I don't well, know. I I think Sporting with all the youngsters, I think it, they're going to hit a bump, you know, in their season as well. All right. Because of the youngsters, they're not a veteran team. They're not accustomed to being in this situation with the pressure. I think at some point it's going to start to weigh on them. Um, and I'm not being a Benfica. I just think we see it um, with the most veteran teams. And why wouldn't it happen to these youngsters? Uh, but the other thing is this, Alfredo. I think in today's situation, right? And I know as we get into the spring, we hopefully um, these, these COVID situations start to alleviate. But I, I, I'm real close to saying that when nine points is over, but with the situation around the world, we don't, Sporting might be next to fall apart. Well, Sporting is 15 cases, like Bifiga's gotten all of a sudden. You know, it could be Porto, but maybe, you know, Maybe Sporting is not the same labs or, or Porto. You know what I mean? Uh, we'll see what happens, right? Different labs, different results. But again, with the up and up, all things being transparent, right? Any of these teams can have the same situation happen to them that's happening to the Bayfica right now. So, yeah, man, we'll, we just we don't know. We just the the next four or five months, it's just no one knows what's going to happen around the world, let alone in Portuguese football. That's just the reality of it. Um, I, I know I'll be one pissed off Benfica. I'll be, you know, mother effing everybody. You know, I'll be very upset. But in a regular year, yeah, pack your bags and uh, take your ball home, right? And today, don't know. We just, we honestly, we don't know, man. And anybody that tells you they do, I think they're they're making it up as they go along because no one, not even the, the health experts know what the hell is going on. Yeah, I, I I subscribe to the idea that uh, a young team um, like Sporting uh, will eventually succumb or show uh, some some chinks in their armor, if you will, uh, as the season progresses and as um, not so much the physical because you're the young players, but the mental tiredness, the mental fatigue. Uh, is something that I think could play a factor. But I also think that uh, Ruben Amorí has done a very good job uh, in tempering the expectations and also uh, keeping his team's uh, feet uh, grounded. Um, the, the, the media continues to beat him on whether or not they're candidates for the title. And Ruben Amorí says we're candidates to win the next game. Yeah, uh, and, and, he's been able to get away with it. But it comes a point if they go up nine on Benfica, 
all of a sudden, you can't deny that. You can't use a line. You know, he's going to try to use it. But I think the media pressure, the media attention, right, will rise. I think the pressure on the players will rise. I think the thought of being champions and cracking this 19-year egg is going to really suck. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. But based on past experiences, right, uh, teams go through those hiccups. And uh, either these guys are mentally strong as hell or they're just going to uh, when I say when I say they're going to hit a bump in the road, I'm not saying they're going to lose six games in a row. That's not what I'm saying, but they're, they're, they're going to hit a rough stretch. I anticipate. I anticipate. Yeah. So um, we shall see. We shall see the, what happens. Uh, I think that uh, it's going to be a very tall order. Uh, for Benfica, if they end up losing um, at Sporting, um, I think that even if there's 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 a, a tie there, there's still a huge deficit to be made of with only two uh, games against the direct opposition, uh, both Porto and Sporting remaining after the game against Sporting. Um, I think it'll be very difficult. I think uh, I, I really think that it'll be difficult for Benfica. I think that only the win is going to be a result that serves Benfica. Benfica needs to water their style of the loose pitch, grass, whatever you want to call it, with holy water. They need a priest to come in and get rid of all the Rushus or something. I don't know, because the ghosts, there's, there's something not well with this team. There's something from the top. I'm not talking about from, you know, just the team itself, but the club itself. It's just, it's, 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 it's in a, a very bad cycle and a very bad cloud, and it's nothing but negativity coming out of that club. And something, someone needs to to snap this streak, this 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 ugliness that we're going through, um, and this whole, you know, hatred towards the president, and like reminding every single person when you go on social media that you guys voted for this and this and that. Man, look, we're all Benfiquistas. You know, we might look at things differently, but we're all Benfiquistas and. I don't think any of the guys that voted for, for Luis Vieira, even though I wouldn't, you know, I didn't, I should say. Um, I don't think any of those. Uh, no, exactly. They're, I don't think any of those guys want us to, to be going through what we're going through right now. Um, I think everyone wants what's best for Benfica. And rather than have this BS, you know, uh, anger or, or back and forth, it's just I don't think it adds anything. I don't think. And look, I'm one of those guys that does not subscribe to, bro, we have to be positive because I'm like, bro, really me sitting in front of my TV. What does my positivity have to do with what's going to happen on the field today? Right. But this is totally different. I think that players are on social media, players, families are on social media today and age. These players are more engaged with social media than obviously ever before, right? These guys live on these things. Um, to give you a quick example, CJ Dos Santos, a friend of ours, right? My little brother played against Paco de Porto B yesterday uh, for Benfica B in a 1-1 in draw. And his social media was filled with messages of, you know, filho da puta, cabrão, vou te cortar as mãos. Like the B team, you know what I mean? Like these guys, this trickle, and this is from obviously – uh, I hope uh, Portistas not Benfiquistas, but trust me, there's there's plenty of of negative uh, news or messages from Benfiquistas themselves that are not happy, and and, and this starts to weigh on players, man. Um, and I'm not saying to go there and pamper these guys as well, but I just think that the negativity surrounding the club doesn't help anyone. Yeah, um, I mean, Cristiano and I have I've spoken about this. Look, the 
the elections happened, the results were what they were. And regardless of whether you voted for the guy that won or for the guy that lost, it's it's done. Nothing you could do now. You you're in for the next four years. If you want to do something, rather than be divisive or or fighting with the next Bifigista on Twitter, mobilize. Mobilize, find out what the options are to destitute this president. If it's an assemblée générale, whatever it is, I'm not aware. I think if you get enough signatures, you could go to an assemblée générale and yeah, you could I'm do all I'm not that. aware of what the club statues are in terms of that, what can be done. But I know that the sausage could, in effect, call an assemblée générale. Now, with the COVID setting, is an assembly assembly going to take place in a in a gym or in an arena full of people obviously not so but anyway uh but as 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 we mentioned and, and Christina both of us agreed the elections are done so regardless of whether you voted for the right guy or the wrong guy or, or the winner or the loser it's done get over it and I understand that guys are going to hold on to grudges and guys are going to go hold on. Oh, these are the, the 64% that voted for Vieira. Do you get what you deserve? Blah, blah, blah. Whatever, man. Uh, that, that ship has sailed. It's, uh, it's time to, uh, to, to concentrate in, in supporting the team. Uh, and certainly not being able to go to the stadium is, is something that prevents uh, a lot of the fans to, to support the team and even for the feel, yeah, even for the team you, to feel the warmth and the support of the fans. Could you imagine, though, if people were allowed to go to the stands after that election? Right now, there'd be riots. They'd be fighting. I mean, like, imagine, like, there'd be the Volkas being thrown. Just think about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's we don't want to be going. fist fights. And, yeah, well. we don't want to be going through this. But in a way, it's good because I just don't see how because, I mean, if you see the language and the vulgar, the vulgarity on, 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 on social media, right, you would think that some of these people would hide and, and not say it in public at the start of the loop. Could you imagine? I mean, I guess that's the only positive that's come out of all this is that yeah. there, there's no fist fighting between, you know, there's no Pepe and Layun going on over there at Benfica, you know, as Benfica is fighting amongst one another. You know, it's a good thing. Yeah. Let's, uh, Dave, uh, thoughts on this game and, and, is is nine point? It's nine points. A, a, a too big of a deficit for Benfica. Mm, I, I I really hope that we're on our that the recent history is on our side. But given that everything that's going on with this club and um, the amount of healthy players that we'll will have for this uh, this game against Sporting, I'm not feeling uh, too confident uh, about it. Nine points. Um, is a, is will definitely be a, a big mountain to climb. But like Chris said, right now it's Benfica that has uh, 10 COVID cases. Who's to say that next month or the month after that, as the season closes down, that uh, one of our other rivals don't get a, an outbreak, right? But I don't know. Just trying to stay positive and that positivity is rubbing off on uh, on me, Cristiano. So keep it up here in this uh this dark world that we're living in, please uh, continue to be the uh, the light in the world. <laughs> the beacon of hope and positive. That, that light that Vieta saw, please continue to be that light. Yeah. 
Uh, Sporting has yet to lose a game uh, in this uh, in this championship, so we'll we'll see what happens. As I mentioned, that game happens uh, on Monday, nine thirty local at the Alvalade. So uh, make sure that uh, that you tune in if you have if you have the courage. I, you know, I spoke to my dad today. I I asked him if he had seen the Porto game. He said, "No, I can't watch the games with Porto." So damn that bad. I mean, tell them it wasn't just, a negative it, result. It's it's not very good for you know for the, for the health for the nervous system, I guess. Yeah. yeah um. Sure. Anyway, we will be back next week. Uh, as always, we'll recap uh, the the Bsad game and the Sporting game, and hopefully, uh, it'll be a much um a, a much easier podcast to record. Um, apologize. I apologize for for some of my language, but as you could tell. I'm a little bit frustrated and annoyed and, and heated about this this whole thing, as as all of you should, uh, regardless of whether you're choosing to look at it in a positive light or not, um, as Cristiano has been this year. Uh, but certainly, th- this is uh, nor I, nor mine, nor Cristiano's Benfica that we're used to. Um, and I really feel that if we don't um, hold the, the the team accountable and the directive accountable and the coach accountable uh then i think that we're we're we're, we're doomed uh to become uh a team with no essence with no mystica and that's what i'm most afraid of i'm afraid of going into another vietnam period and in today's day and age uh we shouldn't go through another vietnam period because that period was Uh, surrounded by uh, by f- financial mismanagement, by a lot of um, debt, and we're definitely not at that point. So, anyway, bro, I still got scars. You talking about debt? I, I don't have any <laughs> memories of debt. I have, I have memories of shellackings, finishing, and be able sixth place, place, sixth place. That that that's the memories I have. I don't really. I mean, come on, bro. I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. Wow. Oof. Anyway, at 10 CO10, at 87DO87 is where you can find uh, Dave and Cristiano. At Pifica Podcast is where you can find the, the podcast Twitter uh, and all the other social media. Don't forget to also check out Pifica Impedent. Thanks, everybody, for checking us out. Thanks for, for putting up with us. And hopefully this also served a little bit as uh, as some kind of a, a, a therapy for you guys. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Take care, everyone. Appreciate it, guys.